uh, we have been in the midst of a series uh, in the book of Jonah, and we've been walking chapter by chapter through this powerful, powerful story that we're discovering again and again is so much more than just the story of a guy running from God and swallowed by a great fish, right? Week by week, we see these powerful life lessons coming out of the story of Jonah. Last weekend, we finally got to chapter 3, where after Jonah has kind of run away from God and didn't want to do what God wanted to do, and we know that how that ends, he, he lands in, in the belly of a whale and then spit back out, back onto the beach after he surrenders to God. And then God comes along and asks Jonah a second time to go and preach his news of judgment to the Ninevite people. And Jonah goes. And in chapter 3, we saw a profound miracle occur. Probably a much greater miracle than Jonah living for three days in the belly of a whale was the miracle of the people of Nineveh. The Bible said from the least to the greatest, all the way up to the very king of Nineveh, they turned to God. They believed Him. They prayed to Him earnestly. They turned from their wicked, their violent ways And God extends his grace and mercy to them. What was going to be judgment and destruction for that city would become peace and forgiveness, mercy and grace. Last weekend, our bottom line truth helped us realize that the most dangerous risk can often lead to the greatest rewards. But the interesting thing is that while Jonah was the one that took the risk to go and to preach in this violent city, when they turned to the one true and living God, Jonah didn't consider that a reward. And that's what we're going to see in chapter 4 of this powerful story this weekend. Uh, If you want to turn in your Bibles there or follow along on your smartphone, um, Jonah chapter 4. And I'd just like to read it for us. Each week we've been just taking the time to read it in whole, and then we'll take some time to see what we can learn from Jonah and the Ninevites. This is Jonah chapter 4, beginning in verse uh, 1. It says, This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. And so he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. Then the Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city. He made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. And the Lord arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort. And Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But God also arranged for a worm. And the next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. And as the sun grew hot, 
God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah, and the sun beat down on his head until he grew faint, and he wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. And then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry that this plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. And then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? That's how the story ends. <laughs> it seems like time and time again, Jonah just doesn't really get it. Even after Jonah has experienced such grace and mercy from God, when it comes to God sharing that same grace and mercy with the people of Nineveh, what is Jonah's reaction? He's angry. <laughs> In chapter 4, God is trying to teach Jonah and remind us of a very profound life lesson that seems so simple. That we need to give to others what God has given to us. But this is the very thing that Jonah was struggling to do. And it says that Jonah reacted, but he reacted with anger. So it begs the question, why? Why was Jonah angry when God showed such lavish kindness to the people of Nineveh? Well, first and foremost, I think Jonah was angry because what he had planned didn't happen. Or at least what he thought God had planned didn't happen. God had a much bigger plan for the people of Nineveh and for Jonah. And when, when, when things didn't go as planned, Jonah got angry. Look at verse 1 and then verse 3 of, of the text. It says, this change of plans. What was the change of plans? Remember, Jonah had gone into the city to preach judgment. He said, your city's going to be destroyed. And Jonah wanted it to happen. Jonah still loathed the Ninevite people. They were wicked people. But now they had turned to God and sought his forgiveness. But Jonah still wanted judgment for them. And he thought that was the plan. That was God's plan. And he certainly wanted it to be his plan. And so it says when this change of plans occurred, it greatly upset Jonah and he became angry. He goes on to say, just kill me now. I mean, this is a strong language here. In chapter 2, Jonah's at the bottom of the ocean, sinking fast, dying, his life being sucked out of him, and he surrenders, calls out to God. And in Jonah chapter 2, he, he praises God and thanks God for snatching him from the jaws of death. And now, the very life that's been redeemed and rescued by God, Jonah is saying, I'd rather die than live. All because things did not go according to his plan. 
Isn't that what happens in your life and my life too? When things don't go according to plan. When, when we try to play God and our expectations are not met, what happens? Anger and frustration will follow. Last week, I was supposed to be at a conference for a few days. But on Friday, I started not feeling well. Change of plans. Frustrating. Angering. Actually, uh, the week before, on I think it was Wednesday evening, Carter was supposed to have a, a band concert, and I was so looking forward to being there. And because of the, the bad weather, they canceled the concert, and they rescheduled it. Well, when did they reschedule it for? They rescheduled it for this past Wednesday, when I was supposed to be gone at a conference. I was so frustrated. I was so mad. I, I want to be at my kids' things. And I got angry, and there was like this anger, and the school did what the school had to do. I mean, it wasn't their fault that the, there was a snowstorm and they had to reschedule, but it affected my plans, and I'm a planner. I like to organize. I, I have got my calendar laid out. You know, life is busy. Life is hectic. Things need to go according to what? Plan. And things were not going at all according to Jonah's plan. And it made him angry. Not only was Jonah angry uh, that things didn't go according to his plan, he was angry at the very character of God himself. Why do I say that? Because of what Jonah said. Look at the text with me. Verse 2, Jonah says, Didn't I say before I left that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. What's he saying here? He's saying, God, I, didn't I say that you were going to do this? You're, you were going to show the people of Nineveh mercy. That's why Jonah didn't even want to go there in the first place. He didn't want them to have a chance of turning to the living God. He didn't want them to have a chance of mercy. He didn't want them to receive what he had already been given by God. So he wanted to avoid Nineveh altogether. And now he's upset. He's upset at the character of God. He says, I knew this. I knew you are a merciful and a compassionate God, slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love, and that you are eager to turn back from destroying people. Isn't it crazy? Jonah, he's upset at what God's doing, this change of plans, and yet here he's saying, I knew the plan all along, God. I know your character. You're full of mercy and grace and compassion. And dang it, I knew you were going to do this. And it wasn't what Jonah wanted. See, God doesn't always fit into our little box. And when God doesn't act in a way that's in accordance with, well, you know, our will, it can be upsetting. It can cause anger. It can cause frustration. And here Jonah is upset with the very character of God. And it was, it was good character. These are good things. Mercy and compassion. It's not like he knew, oh, you know, God's always mean. He's always in a bad mood, you know, like some of us dads, you know. 
Isn't it crazy how like we can know people, maybe our spouse, maybe some our kids, uh, maybe a certain coworker, and we can know people so well, we, we know how they are going to react even before a situation occurs. And then when they react the way that we knew that they were going to react, we still get mad at them. <laughs> you, maybe you got a coworker, they're always late, you know, and, and you know, it's kind of like, oh, it's just, just Bill, you know, it's, it's Bill, he's always late. And then we get mad when Bill's late. Now, it's not right that Bill's late, but we knew, right? We knew. <laughs> and these are good characteristics in the heart of God. This isn't tardiness. This, this isn't God being a slacker. This is God being a savior. And Jonah's upset. See, Jonah... Jonah liked the mercy and the compassion and the grace when it was for him. When he's calling out to God from the depths of the ocean and surrendering his life, he's depending on the mercy and compassion and grace of God, and it rescued him. Ah, but when, it's, when that same grace and mercy and compassion is offered to somebody that Jonah doesn't like, that's when it becomes a problem. You see, Jonah thought that these, these characteristics of God were reserved for, you know, God's people. For just some. You know, for, for, for Jonah, he was an Israelite. Even in the, in the book of Exodus, God proclaims this truth about himself to Moses who would relay it to the people of Israel. And here's what he says in Exodus 34. We'll put it on the screen for you, verses 6 and 7. It says, The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out. So this is God speaking. See if this sounds at all familiar. Yahweh the Lord, I am Yahweh the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. And I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. You see, Jonah knew the character of God, both because of what God had declared to the people and because of what Jonah had personally experienced. This was like a mantra for the people of Israel. They would repeat this often, reminding themselves of who God is. And now Jonah is angry about it. You ever, you ever been angry for God's goodness towards another person? When you thought, they don't, they don't deserve that. But we can't put God in a box, and neither could Jonah. So Jonah, he reacts in anger, but the question is, well, then how should he have responded? Well... <laughs> He, he could have, instead of getting angry at the character of God, he could have celebrated the character of God, celebrated God for being God. Or, or to line it up with our bottom line truth this weekend, Jonah should have given to the Ninevites that which God had given to him. Why? Because that's what we're called to do, to give to others what God has given to us. It's like Jonah is like the unmerciful servant found in this story that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 18. Do you remember the story? 
Uh, it's a story of a, of a very wealthy king who had lent out money to many of his servants. And uh, one of the servants uh, is approached by the king, and the king is collecting. He's collecting what is due him. And so the king comes along to this one servant who owes him probably the equivalent of millions of dollars. And the servant begs for mercy. And the king says he's going to take the man and take his whole family for payment and make them his slaves. And the man again pleads with the king. And it says that the king had pity or had compassion on the man, and he actually forgave him his debt. Like, this would have been an incredible game changer. And you would think that this servant would have been so filled with gratitude and generosity, it would change his life forever. But then, just as soon as he leaves the presence of the king who had so graciously forgiven his incredibly huge debt, he goes to one of his servants that owed him money. Not millions, maybe a thousand. And when he goes to collect, the man pleads for pity, for compassion, for mercy, and says, please, I'm sorry, I promise I'll repay you. And how does this this servant respond? He has him drug away and imprisoned. And when the king hears about this, these were the king's words to the first servant that had been forgiven so much. He said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Jesus is telling this story, and it's the same bottom line truth that God was trying to reveal to Jonah and the Ninevites that we need to give to others what God has given to us. And so in the book of Jonah, chapter 4, verse 4, God now poses a question. He says, Jonah, is it right? Is it right for you to be angry about this? That is, is it, Jonah, is it right, you who I've given such grace and mercy and compassion, is it right? For you to be angry with me for extending that very same mercy and compassion and grace to the people of Nineveh, is that right, Jonah? And how does Jonah respond? He goes to the outside of the city. That's what the text says, and God's about to teach Jonah a lesson of compassion. A lesson involving a plant and a worm. Because God will use anything to get our attention. Look at Jonah's response. It says, Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city, and he made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. This is so interesting. God says, I'm going to destroy the city. The people cry out and repent. And God, is, the Bible says, changes his mind in chapter 3. 
and decides he's not going to give them the punishment that they so rightly deserve. And Jonah is angry about it. And God says, are you right to be angry about this? And what does Jonah do? He stomps outside of the city to have a pity party. And then to sit and to wait. And what's he waiting for? He's waiting to see what would happen. He thought, well, hey, maybe God will change his mind again. Maybe God will really give him what's coming to him. God is preparing to teach him a lesson. It says, and the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. Now, this is significant because throughout the the story of Jonah, we see this phrase, and God arranged. It shows God's sovereignty over the whole situation, over all the circumstances, over all the story of Jonah's life, that God is sovereign and working. And so God arranges, he appoints a leafy plant to grow there. Why? To show Jonah grace again. It's hot out. And it says, soon this this plant, it grew up so fast, it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. You guys, time and time and time and time again, God just keeps showing Jonah mercy and compassion and kindness. And it's shading him. And it says this eased Jonah's discomfort. And Jonah was grateful. He was grateful for the plant. But then it says God also arranged for a worm. And the next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. His shade is gone. And it says, as the sun grew hot, God arranged, because he's in control, because he's trying to teach Jonah a lesson again. He says, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. And the sun, it says, beat down on his head until he grew faint, and he wished to die again. And he said, death is certainly better than living like this. Jonah thought to himself, if those people are going to get mercy and God's going to show kindness to them, and I'm just going to be stuck outside of the city here in the, in the hot, violent sun, I'd be better off dead than alive. It says, then God said to Jonah, and he poses that same question as before in a different setting, is it right? Is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. And then the Lord said these words. Jonah, you feel sorry about the plant. The word sorry, it's compassion. It's pity. Jonah felt bad that the plant died. Though, he says, you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly, and it died quickly. In other words, God is saying to Jonah, Jonah, you have compassion for a plant. Why? Because the plant was serving you. Because you were receiving shade from the plant, comfort and ease from the plant. A plant that you had nothing to do that I put there for you. And he says, you have more pity for the plant than you have for lost, dying people. That's what he says. He says, but Nineveh, 
Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. God is revealing Jonah's pride. And pride always destroys compassion. When we make life about us and what we deserve and what we needed, we quickly lose sight of the needs of others around us. And this is what was happening in Jonah's life. He's just angry because things aren't going to according to plan. He's just angry because God's showing grace and mercy to a people that he didn't care for. And he's consumed with self. And pride is killing his compassion. The flip side of this is that it's humility that always produces compassion. Humility says, oh my gosh, God, you've been so good to me. Oh my gosh, God, you've been so gracious gracious and merciful towards me. And humility produces compassion. Humility says, God, what you've given to me is for everybody. I didn't deserve it. They don't deserve it. We're the same. But God says to Jonah, listen, Jonah, Nineveh has more than 120,000 people. They're living in spiritual darkness. They're separated from me. And God says these words, shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? This word sorry is a word of attachment. Just like Jonah was attached to the plant that was giving him something, God was attached to a people that couldn't give him anything because that is who God is. This merciful, compassionate, kind, generous God that had given both Jonah and the Ninevites so much. And Jonah was missing the point yet again. God's calling us to give to others what he has given to us. So it begs the question, well, what has God given me? What has God given you? And how can we give that to others? You know, God's given me, God's given many of us in this room the same things that Jonah and the Ninevites were given. They were given mercy. Mercy is, mercy is not getting what we really do deserve. Jonah, I mean, what did Jonah deserve for disobeying God and running the opposite direction? He deserved punishment. He deserved condemnation. What did the Ninevites deserve for their wicked violence with each other and towards the surrounding nations? They deserved condemnation and punishment. But God gave them mercy instead. He didn't give them what they deserved. He gave them more than they could have ever deserved. How can we extend the same mercy to others this week? People that we have something against, people that we think they don't know, they don't deserve. Oh, if she had what, if she got what was coming to her. But mercy says, no, I, I will 
withhold what they really have coming towards them. And and, and we've received grace, just like Jonah, and just like the Ninevites received grace. Grace is, is not getting what we really deserve. It's receiving generously, kindly, way more than we could ever deserve. It's going the extra mile. It's it's generosity at its finest. It's going above and beyond like God did for both Jonah and for the Ninevites. So what does that look like in your life and mine? People in our lives, family members sometimes, co-workers, they don't deserve it. But how could we go above and beyond to show generosity, to show kindness, to, to, to go the extra mile? And to surprise them with grace. Because God has been gracious to us. Or compassion. Compassion is is deep care when we need it the most. And man, we walk past people in the aisles or in the halls of our schools or in the workroom or in the grocery store or or at the mom's gathering. And we, 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 we say, hey, how you doing? And we keep trucking on. Maybe this week compassion looks like slowing down enough to really listen. To really care. To to, to stop. To to ask deeper, like, how are you really doing? To when, when they say fine, to say, that didn't sound real convincing. What's really going on? How can I pray for you? How can I help to show true compassion? Why? Because God slowed down. God stopped to see how we were doing, and it wasn't good. And he said, I can do something about that. And he gave his one and only son true compassion. Or, or patience. Man, the story of Jonah is a story of patience. I mean, I'm sick of Jonah. I'm so ticked at Jonah, aren't you? Like, come on, man. God keeps showing you mercy after mercy, compassion after pa- compassion. He is being so patient with Jonah. It's so unfair. And it's easy for me to point the finger at Jonah and be like, man, God, give up on this guy. And if God would have given up on Jonah, he would give up on me. But God is patient. And the people in our lives, they need the same patience that God has extended to us. And finally, forgiveness. Our greatest need. And God has so generously forgiven us through Christ. So I wonder, in your life, in my life, who's hurt you? Who's let you down? Who's damaged you? Who's broken trust? Who needs forgiveness? God's calling us to give to others what He has so generously already given to us. Would you pray with me? God, I admit that I see so much of myself in Jonah. I see so much of our 
nation, our culture in Nineveh. And we are so deeply in need of all of who you are. This great God who is righteous and just. And because of who you are, we deserve punishment, condemnation. We should be separated for you from eternity. And yet, you reveal yourself as the God of compassion and grace and mercy as well. And you unleashed your justice and your righteousness and your fury upon your one and only Son so that we could be extended mercy and compassion and grace and forgiveness. Capture our hearts with humility and gratitude, God, and help us to give to others what you have given to us. In Christ's name, we ask this and pray for your strength. In Jesus' name, amen.